Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, breaking things down every Saturday. Uh, thank you for tuning in. All right, Michelle, I threw this out earlier in the show. It's on social media. I've asked questions to both uh, the Utah and BYU side about what they, th- about what both fan bases think the future for Utah should be in terms of uh, expansion or conference realignment. Now, uh, I threw it out on Twitter. We're at 159 votes on the Utah side of things as of Right now, 179 votes in on the BYU one. The question essentially remains the same. If all options are on the table for Utah and conference realignment, what's your preference? What do you want to see happen? From the Utah side, the, the responses were remain with the Pac-12, join the Big 12, hold out for Big 10 or other, independence, etc. Currently, join the Big 12 is still winning that poll, 34.6%. Uh, remain with the Pac-12 in second with 29.6%. Hold out for the Big 10 is just over 16%. And then other is 19.5%, which is interesting to me. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm not going to lie, I think it's more BYU fans because the other, I think, Bro, implies... Yeah. Mountain, Go back to the Mountain West. Go to the Big Sky. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... Uh, I'm just going to throw this out here. Not likely to happen. I mean, I suppose in some like very, very strange alternate universe, but come on, guys. It's top 20, consistent top 25 team. Somebody's going to take them. Yeah. Uh, Now, on the BYU side, the responses were for for Utah to stay in the Pac-12, join BYU in the Big 12, go to Mountain West, such independence or other. Uh, Go to Mountain West, such independence, because BYU fans are having fun with this, 40.8% of the vote. Uh, Join BYU in the Big 12, though, still pretty strong, 36.9%. Uh, 20.1% for staying in the Pac-12. So uh, some pretty strong back and forth on this. But, yeah, there there are the BYU fans out there who are like, heh. Go back to the Mountain West, see how it is. Go independent, see how easy that is. Like, yeah. So be it. But what makes this rivalry great, Michelle? It just it never, literally ever stops. No. No, they always find something to bicker about. <laughs> they really do. They really do. Give them, give them five minutes. They, they will, they'll find something. They'll figure it out. They'll that, find something. That's the fun part about all this is we get, we get to kind of sit back and watch it all kind of play out. But it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. By the way, uh, there is the BYU 50 deal is ongoing right now in the state of Utah. They did it across the country last week. Apparently, they have multiple locations across the state. You can win, actually win, I think, 
the out-of-state people, they were actually, if you won it, they're flying you in for a BYU game. Dang. Like, I know. So I don't know what the BYU giveaway, like in-state factors, it may, may be tickets. I think it's for the homecoming game against Texas Tech. Huh. But anyways, I just kind of funny to watch all that that playing out in real time because uh, they literally, they went multiple occasions in multiple, st- like across the entire country last week, but like, I think Texas had four different locations that they were getting. Like, so they're they're flying a lot of people in. Delta's huh. part of this and everything, but to fly multiple people in from across the country to that's crazy. I don't know, crazy. I, stuff. Somehow, well, actually, it's probably because I was really focused in on Pac-12 Media Day. It was because like, it, it took that took place last Saturday. Is when oh, I was okay. going down. Yeah, so. I was like, I. I did not hear anything about this, so this is news yeah. to me. But, but you were okay. you were both engaged with Pac-12 Media Day as well as you were my, fa- my off family. on vacation. My family. It, and I'm, I really did try to not pay attention good. to anything. Good for you, as you should. All right. Uh, we are joined now by Spencer McLaughlin. He hosts both the Locked On Pac-12 podcast as well as Locked On Ducks covering the Oregon Ducks. Uh, he is also a, a commentator for Southern Utah Sports down in Cedar City. A good friend. Spencer, thank you for taking the time uh, joining Michelle and I. How are you? Hey, it's great to be on with you guys, and I'm just always anxiously awaiting the next shoe to drop in all of this craziness. <laughs> hey, welcome to the welcome to the, welcome to the party. Right. <laughs> that's that's yeah. just the state of uh, college sports right now. It feels like. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than you know we're just always thinking about what's next and what what's the next move and who's moving and who's jumping and what does that mean for this and i mean it's of all the off-season stories to to keep us busy until football gets back this this is a heck of a story i tell you well and that's the thing so some of our coworkers here at the station i was actually talking with one of them earlier this week spencer and he and i were going back and forth and we both agreed this Conference realignment this this off season alone, it's been the gift that keeps giving because it literally you think it's going to kind of fade away, yeah. and the next week it, roaring back exactly. It's just been absolutely insanity. And now, of course, I, I've been listening to you doing locked on Pac twelve. I feel like you have covered this from almost every angle possible. Now you have obviously new angles that pop up at all times, but give me a, a feeling for how you look right now with. Colorado officially exiting the Pac-12 next year, going to the Big 12. The nine remaining schools in the in the Pac right now, what do you think their priority should be at this current circumstance? Well, you know, the school that everyone's talking about the most is Arizona because Arizona has had their president, Robert Robbins, make the most, uh, you know, open comment, shall we say, with regards to hinting at the possibility of going to the Big 12. And look, the comment that I'm referring to was, you know, from the past several months, everything blurs together. I don't remember when it was, but I do, I do know that it happened. I'm not, I'm not yeah. making it up. I know yeah. that it happened. I, I just, if people are wondering like, Oh, I wonder when he said that. I don't know. Don't ask me. So, <laughs> I, just I feel that. that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the comment was basically saying, look, we want to be in the PAC 12 is where we want to be. This is where we're here for a reason. We're not leaving. We're not going anywhere, but also we have to do, you know, what's in the best interest of Arizona. We're, you know, he made a comment that we're in driving distance to Lubbock, which is, of course, a Big 12 city with uh, with, with, with Texas Tech. So I, I think Arizona is the logical next school to, to watch here. Uh, there's been the most buzz around them. But, you know, I, 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 I continue to be perplexed that, you know, their president, after Colorado left, was still willing to give the Pac-12 time to try and finish a deal so that he could see, or presidents and the Chancellor George Klyovkov, 
uh, he, he said, look, we want to see the deal. That's where we've always been. That has been his position is they want to be in the Pac-12. They do not want the Big 12, or they would have gone already. They, they want to be in the Pac-12. They want to see the deal. They want to compare the offers. They want to take the better offer. Everything about that is very logical. But what is curious, at the very least, at this juncture is Colorado leaves because they got impatient, were tired of waiting for the deal. Why did Colorado feel like they had to jump and couldn't wait any longer, but Arizona hasn't left yet? I think that's an interesting question to ponder. You could look at potential ties uh, in the University of Arizona school system with, uh, with Arizona State. You could look at maybe they actually do want to see the Pac-12 media deal and think that one can still get done even without the buffs being a part of it. But there, there is some reason out there why they didn't immediately follow Colorado because, you know, Arizona or the Big 12 is looking at Arizona and just waiting for them to jump over into their into their waiting and open arms. So, Spencer, do you think part of the reason why maybe Arizona is a little more patient is that President Robbins does sit on the board of like the the board of executives? And so he might have a little more information that, say, Colorado does not currently have at the moment. I, I, I don't know why one president would have more information than another. You know, if uh, part what, what we've seen reported so far has been that Colorado wanted to see a deal, not necessarily sign the deal in the grant of rights, but they wanted to see a deal with hard numbers last week. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, it was the final straw. They talked with the Big 12 for a while and said, look, we want to see what we have over here because this is where we'd like to be. But they were getting impatient. They're ushering in a new era of football with Deion Sanders, and they you know, wanted to be secure in knowing that they're going to have a television deal, that they're going to have you know, at least some money coming in from the conference and everything like that, and that they would be sure as to what it is so that they can allow Dion and his coaches to, to focus on football. And you know, apparently they, under, understandably, in my view, because this has been such a long, drawn-out process, they got to the point where they said, look, if you can't give us a deal right now, we're, we're just going to go. We're just going to go. I'm t- we're tired of waiting. We're tired of guessing. We're tired of hoping. We're tired of talking, tired of all that sort of stuff. And I understand that, uh, totally. especially when you, when, you have the, when you have the Dion component in there. I, I had somebody uh, tell me recently that uh, – or just make an interesting point. New coaches are translating into new conferences. Lincoln Riley, new coach, new conference. Deion Sanders, new coach, new conference. It's not exclusive, of course, um, but, you know, to every new coach. But I do think that there is a component to that with, you know, kind of the feeling of resetting, restarting, relaunching your brand, your team, your program, everything, and having a fresh start in a new conference. I I think those things can align at, at some level. So that might be part of the calculation for Arizona as well is that, you know, they are entering year three of the rebuild with Jed fish and it's well underway. Like their momentum is, is stable, but Colorado, you know, wants to be sure. And I think Arizona feels they can, you know, compete or have a place in either conference, which obviously they, uh, they they can, but, you know, back to the president's question, I, I don't know how, I mean, it would be in my view, gross, mismanagement of which we've already seen some obviously from George Klyovkov to have one president knowing something that another president does not with regards to the media deal. Like what is, what is the advantage there other than that? I think that that there are no advantages. You just, you isolate 
somebody if you were to do that. So I, I think it was about Colorado, not about, you know, what one person knew versus versus others. I think Colorado just doesn't see as viable the future on, on the media rights front. And uh, Arizona thinks there's there's still a chance. Or maybe this, you know, is all a moot conversation come Monday morning. Spencer McLaughlin joining us, host of Locked On Pac-12 podcast as well as the Locked On Ducks podcast. And uh, Spencer, I know you're from the Pacific Northwest, and a lot of yep. eyes were cast that way in terms of, okay, who could be next? And Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority says that he, he's like, it's not something you're thinking of. And a lot of people immediately are like, Oregon? Washington? Like, who? who? Give me your sense for the, the appetite for either Huskies or Ducks fans to jump to the Big 12. From the fan bases? Yeah. It's- minimal from the schools it might not be i'm not saying it's non-existent but look i i personally don't want any more realignment like this stuff is interesting it's fascinating it's been leading my show for a long long time for the most part for the last many many months and trying to read between the tea leaves and getting hints and quotes and everything like that and all these you know bogus statements from the pac-12 we're united yeah all right cool um but so I, I just feel like they are are in a position now where you you would like to think that you could still have your traditional rivalries with pack schools and you could keep things where you were at. But the future of the athletics department is not up to is not up to the fans. So you know how they feel about stuff. I don't think is particularly relevant you know in my experience usc fans are thrilled about going to the big 10 and there are a lot of pac-12 fans that say don't let the door hit you on the way out um don't like usc fans a whole heck of a lot all the time but ucla fans that i've that i've interacted with or that i've met i actually played with one uh with with a couple a while back after the move got announced down in uh st george out of copper rock of course i know you you enjoy jake and it's Mm -hmm. my favorite down there in st george but I was playing with him and asked him about it, and he thought that it sucked. And I said, do you know a lot of other UCLA fans? He said, yeah, friends with a lot of my buddies from college and whatnot. And we all we all think it sucks and, and, and that it stinks. And, you know, I think for Oregon and Washington, at the end of the day, they're going to come to terms with whatever's in the best interests of their athletic department. Um, there, there are some who, you know, just feel like they want to get out of the pack, but only because of the mismanagement, not because they – you know, want to leave behind the geography or the traditional rivalries or the history in the conference, but because they just want to be secure in knowing what their sports future is going to look like and that they're going to have to have a chance, uh, you know, competitively and financially to compete at a high level. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Even with Colorado leaving, the pack has a good foundation, especially with Washington, Oregon, Utah, that realistically, those are kind of the ones that have carried the conference over the past 13 years. Those are the ones that have won the most championships, at least in football, um, and just been more consistent players. Do you see any way for the Pac-12 or Pac-9 or whatever to 
to fix this, hold it together, and still have a compelling conference? And if so, what what would those steps entail? Well, John Wilner of the Mercury News and the uh, Wilner Hotline show, he has said that media people that were – he said the other day on Paul Feinbaum's show that uh, media, media people that are not in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 still think there's a deal out there to be had for the Pac-12, and – I'm 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 just kind of done with words at this point. Like mm-hmm. I've been hearing that for a long time, but here we are, and we had another school jump. But to your point, it's not as if a conference powerhouse in Colorado has suddenly jumped. Like you, you could certainly frame this in a way. It wouldn't be an honest way of framing the argument. But if I wanted to be like a blindly pro Pac-12 homer. I'd say we don't need Colorado. It's not a loss. They stink at football. They did stink at football for a really, really long time. <laughs> they still kind of do stink. We don't know what, yeah. what the primary is going to look like. But yeah, to your point, go ahead. Yes, but so they they were, you know, a bottom feeder in, in the conference. And so on the surface, you know, why does a bottom feeder leaving the conference affect it so much? It's not so much about that move, mm-hmm. but what the move could mean for others and the momentum it creates right. and the perception that it creates uh, for for the conference and such. But do I, you know, lament the loss of Colorado in a big way? Not particularly. I mean, they appeared in one conference championship game, and that's it. Um, they did not win it. They got housed by by Washington. And, you know, you, you made a great point, uh, set me up for the question, which is Oregon, Washington, Utah have kind of been the ones carrying your conference anyway. Like, for all the talk about and look, USC and UCLA, their losses. There's there's no mm-hmm. no way around that. But I think the perception of what it means for the quality of football or the depth of the teams in the league is overblown. What's not overblown is the impact on the media rights deal, the conference's future, the perception of it, and everything like that. But to say, oh, the conference is terrible now. You don't have USC, UCLA, and Colorado. They have one conference championship. Between them, the three in them. what, 12 years of the league's existence, they have one combined. And they've only appeared in a couple, like Colorado's appeared in one, UCLA's been in two, uh, I think USC has been in uh, three. One of them was the COVID year, which I don't count, even though my Ducks won it. Like, that didn't feel like a conference championship. So that was, you know, I, that, that narrative I don't think is popping up a ton right now. If the conference is able to stabilize, I think it will. Say, oh, without USC, UCLA, and Colorado. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? They, they have one title between them. Utah's won two in a row. They've been to each of the last four full-season Pac-12 football championships. Oregon's got three. Washington's got two. Stanford mm-hmm. has, got, has, has got the most Pac-12 championships of anybody in the conference. Now, it's a different world of college football. I understand that. But to say that these schools from a football, just a football standpoint, have been carrying the league for a long time is factually inaccurate. Spencer McLaughlin joining us, host of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. And Spencer, uh, the, the biggest storyline with what's kind of laying out there for the Pac-12 is what the future is going to hold. And Michelle and I, earlier on in today's show, kind of came to an we both agree that the statement the Pac-12 put out said that we're going to get our media rights deal and then aggressively address expansion. feels like it's backwards. What do you think? Well, with regards to the statement that they're going to get the media rights deal done, what I keep coming back to is, you ever see that old cartoon where Lucy puts the football down for Charlie Brown? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. 
yeah, the Pac-12 is Lucy here, and people who think the deal is going to get done, you know, imminently, as they've been saying for a long time, they're all Charlie Brown because they just keep putting the football down. And, you know, m- months ago, this was in March. I remember this one a little little bit more clearly compared to some of the other storylines and everything that's all just kind of blending together. They uh, There were comments from Pac-12 presidents and athletic directors that were indicating very clearly a media deal was about to get done because they were saying things like two weeks. They were mm-hmm. saying things like end of the month. They were saying things like, yeah, this is going to wrap up. We're about to be done. And then when that didn't happen and it got bumped out to June, that's when I threw up my hand and said, look, I'm not going to run and run up and kick that football anymore until I can see that there's a robotic arm that is holding it like I had when I was a kicker in middle school, which is an uninteresting tidbit about me that everybody had to hear. So I, I, I just look at what, you know, they keep saying, and I'm like, I, get, give me a Marshawn Lynch quote here. I'm, I'm about that action, boss. Like wor- words mean absolutely nothing at, at, at this point in time. But to your point about them doing it backwards, I, I am perplexed why every other, every single other conference expands and then does media rights. I am unclear, and maybe it's a logistical or technical hurdle with whoever one of their media rights partners is. Perhaps Amazon or Apple is causing this to causing it to go this way. I don't know. But every other conference in America is able to expand and then get a deal done later. The Big 12 announced their four new expansion teams, including BYU with UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. They announced that, what, like a couple months after Texas and Oklahoma announced they were departing in July 2021? Like, and then the media deal, which ended up being just an extension of their previous deal with different teams factored in, to be fair – that got done October 2022. Mm-hmm. So the Pac-12s continued insistently. The SEC signed their deal after they announced Texas and Oklahoma. The Big Ten signed their deal after they announced USC, UCLA. I don't understand why when San Diego State and SMU have been your top options for so long, you can't announce them as schools and then go get your media rights deal done. And that, that, that's a question that you know calls into question what the deal could actually be, whether they're going to be able to actually get a deal. But all the reporting from legitimate reporters has been that they're capable of getting a deal. It's just a matter of finding the right deal. But they just keep doing this backwards. And their latest statement as a conference said that, you know, that's the way they want to do it. It's sign the media deal, grant of rights, and then expansion. And I, I just wonder if they had announced expansion first and then gone to get the media rights deal if it hadn't create if it hadn't if it wouldn't have created enough momentum to stop schools from feeling like they had to leave the way that Colorado did and then Arizona might. All right. Well, we will leave it right there. I think that's a good way to, to end it, Spencer. But, yes, uh, you and I need to get out on the golf course soon. Uh, we'll have to get down yeah. and maybe try out, you know, Black Desert or something like that. But uh, Hey, if you want to take me out to Black Desert, I got it on the radio right here. Jake's Treat, Black Desert. <laughs> I, well, let's just put it this way. I, we have some connections down there. We may be able to work in our favors. So we'll, we'll work on that. But, nonetheless, a big thank you for carving out some time to join us on, here on the Saturday show, and we'll do it again soon, all right? Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. And with regards to what you just said there at the end, you have my phone number. Uh, we, we, we'll, we'll take care of you. No problem. All right, there you go. Spencer McLaughlin, Locked On Pac-12 Podcast as well as Locked On Ducks. 
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.